Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 90 freaking 9 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, in stock and available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, saying hello to our nearly 190,000 monthly Digging Deep listeners in all 99 countries in which you are listening, which seems quite fitting, seems like 99 is a theme for this one, and this is our highly anticipated Bryson Neal feature episode. The newly crowned 2022 GNCC XC1 Pro ATV National Champion joins us for a conversation you simply won't want to miss. Unbelievably, entering the 2022 GNCC season, the previous 29 Pro ATV cross-country titles had been won by four men. Barry Hawk from 1993 to 1999, Bill Balance from 2000 to 2008, Chris Boric from 2009 to 2014, and Walker Fowler from 2015 to 2021. But despite a major injury the previous year, it would be ninth-year pro Bryson Neal who broke the streak and added his name to this incredible list in 2022. ATV racing means the world to this guy, which you'll quickly learn in listening to this can't-miss conversation. Listen as he tells the story of stacking success throughout the entirety of his career, how major injury impacted his championship run in a positive way, the role DNFs and penalties played in his title season, his adulation for ATV motocross, and so much more. It might have taken until our 99th episode, but we are stoked to have Bryson Neal be our very first XC-based guest right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. With that, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thank you to SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. A perfect gift for the holidays, Manscaped's signature line, the Performance Package 4.0, includes the new Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer that I rely on to help keep my beard on point, the best nose hair trimmer ever created. I actually just gifted one to Dallas, my producer. Merry Christmas to him. He's stoked on that. I love mine. I adore mine. It's legitimately the best nose hair trimmer ever created. And it also includes an array of goodies like deodorant, boxer briefs, a travel bag, and more. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner and get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad that Manscaped is investing in ATV Racing as a longtime partner of Digging Deep. 
So help us keep them in the fold and involved in ATV racing by using our Digging Deep 20 code so they know that you enjoy digging deep and everything that we're about here. Support all these great companies that support us and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. As you'll hear Bryson and I talk about, the 2022 season will be here before we know it and we both know you still need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear or parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC BMC banner on our website. By using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end, enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need anyway. And did you know you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC as well? Yep, shipped conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. No new donors to shout out this week, but if you are interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or buy me a copy donation links on our website. Major thanks to all who have donated. You guys freaking rock. Now, it's showtime. I think this is when they would say 10 seconds. But here, we say the 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, back here for yet another episode of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, our 99th episode. What a crazy thought that is. And boy, oh boy, do we have an exciting guest for you tonight. Brought to you by our friends at Rocky Mountain ATVMC. Click that banner on our website for all your gear and parts needs this offseason. Ship conveniently right to your door, helping us out in the process as we get a small slice of that. And, you know, in fact, like if you're if you're quick about this, you can probably get some last minute Christmas shopping done by clicking that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com. And I just have to say, I've been very much looking forward to this conversation for a long time. It's my absolute pleasure to introduce the 2022 GNCC XC1 ATV champion, Mr. Bryson Neal. What's up, buddy? Welcome to Digging Deep. Thanks so much for being here. This is uh, This is an honor for us. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for thinking of me and having me on. You know, uh, I'm a woods guy, and uh, I know it's been predominantly MX, and you're kind of reaching into some new territory, so I'm pumped to kind of shed some light on on uh, the battles, the woods, uh, everything that shakes down on that side of it, and have some cool conversations today. Yeah, man, I've been looking forward to this for sure, and um, it's an absolute honor to have you. Like I just told you before we hit record on this thing, there's been a, a portion of our listener base that have been you know, begging for some GNCC content for a while, and uh, who better to kick things off with than the champ himself? So let me just start right there. So 2022 GNCC XC1 national champ. I can't, I, I got to assume you're not tired of hearing that yet, pal. I'm sure uh, you'd love hearing that as much as, as much as people will say it. I, I mean, I, I, as humbly as I can, I, I will say it don't get old. It hasn't gotten old. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of work that goes into that, you know, a lot of years behind the scenes. And uh, it's it's not easy to get that number one title. It don't matter if it's MX, GNCC, motocross, whatever it may be, you know, it uh, it's tough to become the number one guy. And uh, there's always that one guy who's tougher than, than the rest. You got to, you know, conquer and try to take him down, you know, Walker and, and – uh, his program, his team, they're on a solid effort and, uh, you know, seven time champ, everything they do is, is they chase perfection and, uh, you got to rise to that same, same level. So, uh, my dad and me out of our shop here in middle Ohio, just so pumped to, to be able to bring that home for the home team, for the family, the friends and make all those years and hours that and time that we put into this really pay off. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of justifies it, right? I mean, I always tell people like it's not all wins and losses, as you know, because I know, and and we'll get into this, but I know that you've come to probably enjoy this whole song and dance more than ever before. Uh, probably even before you were crowned champion, you were enjoying it more than ever before. Um, but you know the so the memories and ever all the all the family time, all those things, traveling the country, that's all priceless but at the same time it kind of justifies your life's work when you go out there and finally achieve what you've wanted to do since you were a little boy like that i can't imagine what that feeling is like yeah you know end result standing right here you know you're on the mountain but you're rarely there you know and that's life in general you know most mm -hmm. of the time you're you're looking up and uh you know we've went through all the ranks, you know, going up through the youth ranks when I got racing, you know, I got on a quad when I was nine and, okay. um, I wanted to do that. You know, I started out on the dirt bike PW went to 65, but the old man, he raced coolers. is like, I want to do what he does and, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And you know, he's my hero. He was, he still is, was, and still is my hero. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I got my Honda 90 and, uh, man, I never want to race. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Like, we, we started in 2004 or five at the very first GNCC youth race that they had, you know, Johnny Gallagher says that there's one back in his day in, in the nineties, I believe, but the, the, the newest youth race. Um, and it wasn't until 2010 until I won my first GNCC oh, wow. and I was in schoolboy at snowshoe mountain. And, uh, yeah, you know, you don't, all these you know, all you moms and dads and kids listen, you know, you don't always start at the top. And, you know, and uh, at the end of the day, my dad, no matter what I finished, no matter how I did, he always looked at me and said, you know, did you have fun? You know, how, how was the race? You know, ask me about it. You know, was it muddy? You run into trouble? You wreck? You know, mm -hmm. just we had a good time. There wasn't as much pressure. It was just like, hey, we're here to race and do the best you can. It is what it is. We went home. So. I never won until 2010, but once I got that first taste, the next year I was able to win, you know, schoolboy, win the, win the class, won that title, then XC2, you know, three years in a row, boom, 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 and then I was like straight to the pro class, and uh, mm -hmm. then right into the jaws of, of the pro class and, you know, those, um, you know, valleys and uh, low spots of, of thinking you was the guy and then being humbled very quick by, by everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy how that works. And and I knew that that's kind of how your story went, that everything just all of a sudden started snowballing as soon as you got that momentum. So we'll kind of fill the gaps as we go here. We'll kind of uh, cover some of the, the past and, and kind of talk about some present day stuff. We'll fill all the gaps as we go. Um, but what you what you touched on there, kind of that dynamic between you and your dad is something that, you know, listeners of my show know that that's something we preach all the time. I think that that's something that I wish we could cover on every episode because that's so important. You know, you don't know what your, uh, what your path would look like had your dad not created that environment for you, right. To, to have fun, to enjoy what you're doing. You, you, you talk all the time. A person talks all the time. We talk all the time about, you know, you're not going to be successful if you're not having fun. If it's not a good environment, you're not going to be successful. It doesn't matter if it's sports or the workplace or your home life or whatever. So if you don't create a good environment, uh, you're not going to be successful. It's not going to be fun. And then right now in front of me is the XC1, you know, the, the fastest woods rider in the world, but you might not do that. You might've chose a different path 10 years ago. If 
you know, if you had a gnarly dad that wasn't having fun with you at the races. So I've always said like, I'm fortunate enough that my parents were the same way, you know, that my dad was, we were just having fun. I mean, there was, uh, there was times there were local races I was battling to qualify. And then one day I just woke up and decided I was going to get in shape and we were going to go like actually win some races. But for my dad, really, like it didn't change, you know, when we were in the back of the pack or we were in the front of the pack and then, you know, winning national championships and then going pro, he pretty much created a great environment for me all the time. And I'm fortunate for that. And I just wish that every kid got that opportunity. So um, I think the more that we can touch on stuff like that, hopefully only good can, can come from that, you know, because everybody that you're racing against Bryson and same with me when I was racing the pro class, I mean, very few people make it that far without the people around them creating a good environment for them. They'll give it up before they get that far. If it's, if it's not any fun. Yeah. It, you're exactly right. The environment is what's needed the most. You know, you, your parents, um, it's so hard, you know, these days that, you know, we live in such a fast paced world and people want things right now, right now, right now. And mm-hmm. sometimes you got to wait and you, and, and good things come to the people who wait and, uh, you gotta be patient. You gotta put in your licks, your wounds. And, uh, when you got love and support of the people around you, um, you know, good things happen whenever you got, whenever you take care of the people around you and they take care of you, you know, you got to have each other's back and uh, the support group is the biggest thing, you know, that's, you know, obviously my dad is the biggest driving factor in my program. You know, he has always been my eyes and ears, my mind, you know, ahead of me, steering me in the right direction and uh, trying to think of the next thing, you know, um, there's a lot of changes over the program on the program over the years that, I never would have made, you know, I thought that, you know, I was happy. It was, you know, gooping along. Everything was cool. And he's like, Hey, I've been talking to this guy. Let's, I think this is the route we need to go, you know? And I'd be like, looking at it a little sideways, like what, what brought this on? And mm-hmm. for, I always trusted him. And, uh, at the end of the day, you know, he's always kind of steered me in the right direction. And, um, uh, you know, I, you just want to say thank you, you know, to, to a lot of you kids out there, everyone racing, you know, just look at your mom and dad and just, it's a lot of effort. There's so much work for them to, to wake up early in the morning, get you to school, go to their work day, get home, rush, make dinner, you know, the, the money, the time, the effort to, to build these bikes, work on them, travel to and from the races, you know, sometimes just, just tell your mom and dad, you love them. Thank you for taking me racing, you know, cause nothing's a given, nothing lasts forever. We're here for a short time. So you got to enjoy it with the people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how fortunate are we that, uh, that our, our, our dads, our parents, our families, our loved ones, that they're like all in for this with us, you know, like that, that's the, that's the most valuable part to me that you're able to make these memories, share these, these experiences, uh, with your loved ones. And, and from the, the lowest of the lows to, you know, that battle to get to the top and, and all the celebrating, like that end goal wouldn't be so special if you weren't sharing it with the people that you love most. So, um, kind of, kind of piggybacking off of that thought, uh, and, and celebrating. So, you know, you deserve to be celebrated after the, the year that you had. And speaking of celebrating you, uh, Joel Hattrick, Eli Tomac, we were just talking about this a little bit before we jumped on here, but, the you and the rest of the, the Yamaha champions just got back from this, um, Yamaha wall of champions event this past weekend. Right. And that had to be 
that would be pretty damn special uh, to be a part of that for you. Not only to be recognized by Yamaha, you know, the manufacturer that that obviously you ride and use and are supported by, but then to be in that environment with all those people, uh, man, what a what a cool thing, what a special thing, special experience that had to be. You'll never forget that one, Bell. Oh no, you know it. It was very special for sure. You know, uh, Yamaha they they made it first class. You know, we was at the Barber Museum, which is insane as it was, just walking around, seeing all the vintage motorcycles, the cars, and, and uh, you know, hearing, uh, I did not get the the, the gentleman's name, but um, he was an older fellow who worked there, and you could tell he's just one of those guys, he was proud. He loved working there. He could not wait to tell me all about this place, <laughs> the track in the back, two, two and, over two and a half miles, the race course, all the turns, how many things they, uh, how many vehicles and motorcycles they have wow. in house, what they have in a warehouse. It, it was amazing. Blew your mind. And uh, they had one of the biggest 3d printers in the world. I, I guess that they had just made an entire, um, like, uh, motorcycle you know not like a dirt bike but like a crotch rocket motorcycle alpha okay. 3d printer and uh you could see it's the glass it's insane you know tech technology has came so far yeah but me and brooke did not know what to expect you know going to this event i've never been anything like that and um we got there we got dressed and joel and carly or and donnie loose are the only people who I even knew, you know, and when we got to the lobby, we didn't see them. So here I am on my Magna One shirt, and I'm surrounded by all these star racing Yamaha people, yeah. Yamaha this, Yamaha that. And everyone's talking on a good time. And they're like, okay, we're getting on the bus. And I hadn't seen Joe yet. And I'm, me and Brooks sit down the bus. They're all hooting and hollering. Like, and me and Brooks are like, this is like the first day of school. Like, we don't know nobody. So, but everyone was so nice. And at the end of the event, you know, it was one big family. And uh, that's what I really took in is that how such a tight knit group everyone was mm -hmm. and the respect and the class, it was something very special. And I was just so grateful to be a part of something. And I already made my mind up before I even walked out those doors and left that I want to work my butt off to try to get back there the next year and share those experiences with the people. You know, mm -hmm. Joel, he treated me great. And uh, Carly, you know, treated Brooke great. And we hung out with them all evening long and uh, got to shake Tomac's hand and have my fangirl moment, you know, and got to talk to him <laughs> for just a quick minute. He's a cool dude. And uh, yeah. just overall experience was great. Good food, good show, good banquet. So I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, that that's awesome. I just got done telling somebody yesterday that, uh, and I can't remember who it was at the time, but uh, that Yamaha, big giant corporation, uh, I swear that they are the easiest people that I work with. They're like the most, uh, most appreciative, uh, you know, they just create such a great atmosphere. Like you're saying, I mean, like you could see they pulled out all the stops for that night for you guys. So, I'll, I mean, that's such a cool thing. And again, uh, just credit to those guys for everything that they do and, and they truly prioritize, uh, and, and truly cherish the whole ATV thing, which is amazing. Uh, you know, they're kind of the last one left in, in that regard. And that's so funny you say that because I, I was watching some of the videos or whatever from the event and thinking to myself, man, like I felt like I could kind of see the dynamic I thought between you and Joel, right? Like, you know, like I guess guess we just got each other kind of thing. And, uh, it's funny. I thought I was kind of, <laughs> kind of seeing that through the, through the videos that, you know, it's like, Hey, like, do I belong here? And the reality of it is, uh, you guys do belong there. You guys are the, the top guys on ATVs and the woods and on the MX track. And man, for you, 
winning a, a title, obviously, is, is a big deal. Obviously, uh, that goes without saying. But if history has taught us anything, as far as woods racing goes, guys in the top ATV class, uh, the XC1 class, uh, they don't just win one title, Bryson. Before you know, before this title of yours, Walker had had one. Uh, Walker Fowler had won seven straight. Uh, before him, Chris Borich had his own run of six titles. Before him, Bill Balance famously won nine. And going back to the very beginning, Barry Hawk won won seven in a row. So uh, maybe, just maybe, this is just the start of a, a decade's worth of of winning for you, pal. I sure hope so. You know, it's definitely it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of work, and in, in, in the the real work begins now because, like you said, since '93, Barry Hawk, you know, and Bill, and then Chris and then Walker, all of these guys had something in common. You know, they all had grit. They was all tough, and uh, they had good programs. And the hardest thing about GNCC is that we cover so many different states and different types of soil, different trees. We go to Snowshoe Mountain, all the rocks and, and the mud. We go to um, Florida down there with the sand, four foot sand, throw your boat for days. There's so many elements that's thrown at you and so many things that can happen, you know, through the ranks, you know, I've had just sticks just pop up, hit my radiator hose, DNF, you know, there's trees gets to get lodged into your tie rod, into your wheel, you know, a rock get into your caliper, lock it up, you're dead in the water. You got no front brakes. You know, there's so many things that go into a GNCC event. And there's so many factors that's outside your control. That's what's so hard to really put the whole puzzle together. And, um, you know, I'm going to give my all, you know. Um, I know the pressure's on, the target's on my back. And like you just said, you know, that's a a stout group to try to back up and and try for me to continue on. Uh, I'm going to do my best. I got a strong program, a lot of people around me who love me and want to see me do good. And, uh I feel like I'm in my prime right now and uh, I'm, I'm ready to work and uh, get back at it and, you know, do my best. And the crazy thing, Bryson, those title streaks in, in GNCC ATV pro class racing, uh, that has to be as wild a stat as there is in sports. When you think about it, like you said, for, for all of those titles, you know, for, for 20 years, basically to have four guys go on those runs on their own runs. And now to be, you know, a guy that, uh, throws your hat in that mix. That is just amazing. Like when you think about that and when you look at the record book, like it doesn't, it, it looks like it's wrong, you know, like um, even in ATV motocross <laughs> before, before recent years, you know, it was, you know, John Natale had one or two and Tim Farr had one or two and Jeremiah had one or two. And you know, the, it was all mixed up, Doug Gust and, and in GNCC racing, yes. that's just not the case. And to, to again, cause who knows? I mean, you didn't, nobody knew when Walker was going to, when was going to get knocked off the top of this thing, but to be the guy to, to again, yep. add your name to that list. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. So I know, so you, we talked about your background a little bit, uh, you know, dad being your hero, taking a while to win all those things, but you're going into year 10, right. In the XC one class. So you've been a pro for 10 years coming up on it now, which absolutely blows my mind because, because it doesn't like, I think of you as a young dude, you know, like, like you said, you're in your prime. Um, so to think that this is going to be your 10th year in the XC one class, uh, that's part of your story. That's so impressive to me because it took until your fifth professional season, right. To get your first XC one win. If, if, if I'm correct, that would have been 2018. Then you go another year, 
and and you win one more race in 2019. Then in 2020, uh, you grab four wins that year, including three of the last four. So you were getting hot at the end of the season. You kind of uh, took that momentum into the next season, it seemed to me. Uh, that leads us to 2021, where you and Walker split, uh, I think, the first six races, right? You went three and three. And uh, and it was, so it was like a, a slow build for you, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Because you talked about, you know, you didn't win. Uh, you didn't win early. And then when you got the taste of winning, was it was really good. Um, you started winning, you got used to that. You win the pro am championship, the XC2 championship in 2013. You go pro at the end of that season. Uh, you're building, building, building. You get to 2021, you're kind of neck and neck with Walker now. Uh, so slow build for you, like I said, but at the same time, it yep. took all of that for you to build this impeccable foundation for future success, right? I mean, by that point. You're gaining more and more momentum. But I think also like, I guess the part that is impressive to me is some people may not like trying to think about like, for me, you know, it's hard as a young pro and I'm, maybe this is the same in GNCC. I can't imagine it's different. It's hard when you said like you get thrown to the wolves uh, against the baddest dudes in the world in the woods on ATVs. And it's hard to keep that confidence. It's hard to keep like that. I belong with those guys. And you came all the way through that. And then got to battling with Walker and, and I guess I'll leave off for now with 2021, but that's the impressive part to me is you just chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And then you got there to where you were winning races and you were neck and neck for, for that title at the, at the start of 2021, man, that's awesome because some people, I guess the message that I'm getting at is like you said, everybody wants everything right now. Everybody wants like that. They don't want to pay their dues and make it there. They want it right now. And I'm sure you did, but to see that through and to get where you are now, uh, what an awesome message that is for people to see. And what an awesome, you know, kind of career path for you just building and building and building. And now here I am, yeah. what a, what a, what a special thing. It doesn't get any better than that. That's what everybody wants. That's, that's the epitome of hard work. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. We used to speak of a CST takeover, but now 2022 is the year of CST supremacy. CST's Pulse MXR tires are the choice of Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Nick Janusa, meaning CST tire riders are in contention for pro-class wins and a possible podium sweep every time they hit the racetrack. CST tires are also the official tire choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, but you already knew that. I, your host Cody Jansen, helped pioneer the CSD takeover with Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears on my way to back-to-back -back national championships and a pro sport podium to cap off the 2021 season. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offer the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Did I mention they offer contingency payouts as well? Visit shop.csdtires to join the CSD takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hattrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many more believe and trust in CSD tires. Do you? You already know we're Team Blue Crew now more than ever here at the Digging Deep ATBMX podcast. And whether it's eight time and reigning ATBMX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATB motocross history, or seven-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, who is now tied for second all-time in Titles 1, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFZ450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. 
This continued and unprecedented success for the Yamaha YFZ450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undisputable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in an ever-growing Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Best yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and stronger than ever here in 2022, meaning Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payouts and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them at Yamaha Outdoors on social media, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big-time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best-looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, industry-leading top-end repair kits, and recently added connecting rods, visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namir Technologies, your one-stop shop engine component supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard parts source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shot guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. Yeah, we, we all want the short-term gain. We do, but it don't always work out that way. And uh, different people progress at different rates. Uh, different people go through different learning curves. You know, uh, I, I was only one year in the XC2 class. I think Walker, Cole, a lot of people kind of go two years whenever they win the title. I think Hunter did two years in the pro-am class. Okay. Uh, 
I believe, I can't remember for sure, but I only did one year. And uh, 2014, my goal was like, I know the top five guys, you know, they flat out, they roll. <laughs> I got a lot to learn. I, I want to be the sixth place guy. So that year I accomplished that. I was a sixth place guy. My rookie year, I got a podium, fourth place, you know, I was bouncing around. And I was like, all right, next year I want to be top five. And uh, I was top five, you know, got multiple podiums. And then 16, I think I got, I podiumed over half the season. So I was building and building, you know, but uh, I would say, you know, 2017, the same result, a lot of podiums. But uh, what really helped me out the most was I really started to figure out like um, who I was as a person. You know, mm -hmm. you like I said, you grow at different rates and uh, I was still just a kid. You know, I was just going through the motions. Yeah, I ride foolers and do this. And I thought I was serious and all that, but I really wasn't at all serious whenever you really look at the grand scheme of things and uh we really started putting together you know we got with elka shocks you know getting casey greek at impact solutions and uh linking up with them in 2019 i had the speed in 17 and 18 and stuff i had like my lap times the last lap like some mo like a, some of the races i'd be the fastest guy on the track on the last lap and uh but still the same result today is that i never really got to start and uh 2019, I really started, I got with Pat Kidwell, uh, Toby Reed Motor Experts, put together a way better engine program, put together a way better shock program with getting Casey Greek, Jay Goble, Impact Solutions, Elka. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started to kind of figure out things, got more confidence. And uh, 2019, I was bouncing around all over. But 2020, I really kind of had my breakout ride then. You know, I, I put together wins. Mm -hmm. I won, I think, four races that year, three or four. And yep. then uh, – 2021 we definitely had to speed to win it you know we came out i felt bad fast i just wasn't the smartest guy we had a couple bad breaks on uh, some parts that were kind of one-off deals but then ultimately you know i tore my aco meniscus had to have surgery and uh you know that's the quick rundown um you know whenever you think back you mention it i'm like damn i'm old <laughs> i don't feel old but yeah i have been in this class you know i am more of a veteran and uh i at this point you know it's uh a lot less years going forward than what there is in the rearview mirror but uh this year you know being off the bike being injured uh it really put it in perspective you know being on the couch watching everyone race i'm not a part of it you know I wasn't a part of it. You get forgotten about really quick. And mm -hmm. oh, I made yeah. about my mind. I'm like, hey, if I'm going to go back, I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave no stone unturned. I'm going to give my all. And uh, I know I got the speed. I know my bike works great. You know, I got the backing. I just got to get my shit together in the shop and get this bike to the finish line as much as possible. And uh, we was able to accomplish that this year. You know, we, we was able to win eight out of 13 races, had a solid, you know, stellar year. We had one race of snowshoe where I did have a DNF. I snapped the swing arm clear in half. Oh, I saw the pictures, <laughs> dude. That was gnarly. Oh, my God. She was – it rung my bell so good. It was a gnarly crash, you know. They delayed the race just slightly where I think they was having trouble getting people out of the woods and – um it started downpouring us on the start. We could see it in the mountain range come. Well, it started pouring rain, and uh, we turned left. The morning went right. The afternoon track, we go left. We was on that fresh type of, like, gravel fire road. And I got okay. out the slick stuff, and I broke sideways, and I just slid third gear wide open and just tagged the tree with my right rear tire. And it just 
tempt me, sent me flying, rung my bell so good. And I got up and I just, I just looked at the bike and I could just see the swing arm hanging. And I just, I left the bike in the middle of the track there for, for a few minutes. I was, I just sat down. I was just like, Oh my God. Like I didn't even make it a mile into the race. Like what, what, what just happened? It, it was insane. I've never had a crash like that. Never snapped anything that bad to not finish. So, mm-hmm. Like I said, there's so many things that go into this series that 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 are so hard to make it to the end game. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's so many factors. There's so many things that can can happen, go wrong. There's so many hurdles that I think that you guys face that you don't see coming. Uh, that's how always how I've I've uh, thought of GNCC. But um, but yeah, man, that that and I you kind of went exactly where I I thought you were going to go as far as you know we knew many of us knew uh, how the story goes here with the 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 heartbreak striking and the ACL MCL uh putting a, a premature uh, conclusion to that 2021 season for you I would imagine that there are so many emotions that that come with that I've had that exact same injury ACL MCL meniscus uh mm. and and it's such a fight back right like it's 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 hard because you hit the nail on the head when you said people forget quickly, like everybody else is racing. Everybody else is, you know, every, the, the fans, the media, uh, the other racers, everybody's following how the season is going for everybody. And you're sitting on the couch and you know, it's like, it, it feels like the world's forgotten about you. Yeah. Um, in reality, like you said, this injury, I think played a huge role in in the title did it not because you really i mean it took it seemed like and and you kind of touched on it but it seemed like you decided to take another step forward with your program and maybe that doesn't happen without that injury right like uh it's it's one of those things that we shouldn't uh, as an athlete or a racer or whatever, you shouldn't put so much of like your self-worth or whatever on, you know, how things go and, and being uh, at the races and, and all these things. But at the end of the day, we kind of do that. And then after you get past that and realize, well, it's, this is what I love to do though. When you quantify that. And like you said, we're, we're not here for that long. Uh, you got a, a short time here. You want to make the most of it to pull out all the stops. Like you said, I don't know that that happens without that injury. Right. I, am I, am I kind of right in saying that? Uh, you're exactly right. You know, I try to picture myself as a realist. You know, I try to, I believe that everything happens for a reason, no matter if it's the worst thing possible, you know, somewhere in there, there is a hard lesson. And, uh, you know, the famous saying goes, you're only as good as your last race. And, you know, being on the couch and, you know, I broke my femur before in 2010, and, uh, but it was at the end of the year, I only missed one race. I was back at the first one. I didn't really, you know, have no injury since then. It really took me out for time. So this one being in June and our season was just really getting going. You know, we, we haven't reached, we've basically at the halfway point. It really took a toll, you know, watching, um, for weeks and weeks and weeks, uh, you know, all the people racing and riding, you know, it's, we're all one big family and a big community. I want to be a part of it. And, uh, you love it. You breathe it, you do it, you dream it. And, uh, you know, it killed me not being at the races, not being there, seeing everybody, you know, and being in that environment. And um, I got with Ben Greenwood, the off-road performance coach. Um, he's from Australia. Stu Baylor, who races X1 mm-hmm. dirt bike. He uh, yep. put me in connection with him. And, uh, man, Ben, without him, I don't think that I would have ever came back at instant success as quick. You know, it. 
I would have got back better eventually, but I think it would have been more around four, five, six. So it took me way longer to, you know, get back to the top level to, to compete. And uh, with Ben's guidance, the strength workouts and the recovery, everything we did, you know, um, with the love and support, you know, with the family around me and some great sponsors. And we put our mind to it. And we came out this year with a goal and we was able to go out and get it done. And, and uh, gosh, we're just so proud. So, such an honor and, and uh it's just just proud man proud to it's pulled off for the old man for all the hours and days he spent on me and all the time and uh it's it's a journey so at the end of it the injury was the best thing i honestly think that could have happened to me. and that's a crazy thing to say i'm sure to to think back to where you were at the beginning uh, to think, I'm sure you're a person staring up at this mountain, you know, looking at this climb that you have in front of you yet at the end of the day, I think that you're exactly right. And the wild part is that that probably made winning this thing that much more special. I know it did. And then you go out and you leave absolutely no doubt who the best guy was this season. Uh, you talked about your season a little bit. You win eight of 13 races. Uh, you made your mark. You truly left no room for debate. And now. Bryson Neal, as we sit here today, is the fastest man on the planet when it comes to racing cross-country on an ATV, period. And that's an amazing thing to think about where you were a year ago. I think if I'm correct in uh, some of the stuff that I was reading, prepping for this thing a year ago, I don't even think you were riding yet, right? And and we know, like we talked about before we hit record on this, that we're only like two months away from the first race now. Like the, your off-season is so short uh, to think about where you were a year ago and now where you are now, man, what a year, what, what a difference a year makes. That's just a, that's a wild thought for me. That's gotta be mind blowing for you. I would think. Yeah. You know, uh, I actually, this past weekend was the first time a year ago that I actually got back on the bike, you know, okay. and, uh, even though the hardest part was not being able to work out, you know, like I wanted to, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, trying to eat right. <laughs> you know, I slowed up to almost 210. I got back on the bike. I was 210 pounds. So not oh, only wow. I've been off the bike for a while, but not being able to work out and get a good sweat, being mobile, being active, you know, yep. I had, I'd put on a few and uh, I had a big beard. I was like in, in, in caveman mode. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so I got back on the bike and yeah, two short months to get back ready for a two hour endurance race. And, uh, Wow. You know, I was one of the hardest things for me to get back in the routine was, um, you know, not only riding, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to be in shape to go ride, but also just staying on my feet, um, all day long and shop 10 hours mm -hmm. and be yeah. able to work out, go ride and stay on the feet, and do all the work in, during the day in the shop. You know, it, whenever you don't do that, it's, you know, you hear the old, the old guys talk about all the time. There's, there's in shape and there's work in shape. And uh, trying to get that working shape, you know, whenever you're not in the shop spinning wrenches day in and day out and on your feet, go, go, go. And you're sitting down a lot, and you're recovering. When you get back to that, it's a change. And uh, that was one of the hardest, like I was exhausted. Like it felt like weeks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, like, I wake up and I just like, my God, like, let me sleep another hour. <laughs> like, just felt like I could never get enough sleep. And um, mm -hmm. that was the hardest part is I had to cram so much into such a short time. But that's also one of the most proudest things is that, you know, I stay up when I stay up in Ohio during the whole entire winter. You know, okay. I'm a bit different. A lot of the guys, 
go down south and they go to Florida and they're able to get down south for good weather and go ride. Me, where I'm a big part of doing all my own bikes and building everything, it's, yep. it's better for me to be able to stay up here, work in my shop, help build my bikes, get everything perfected, try to go over everything and be here with my dad because, you know, my dad, he works out of town through the week, you know, he, uh, and then I get him for two days. So, you know, I do my thing for the week and then he comes home on the weekends and we're working together in the shop and rocking and rolling. And I was still able to come out of Florida and uh, which is predominantly, you know, the test. Of yes. the, it's, it's the test for GNCC racers as the toughest, most gruelest, mm-hmm. like who's in shape and who's not. Yep. And I was very proud of myself for being up in Ohio all winter long, short seat time and you know, getting a worse start than what Walker was, being able to track him down and finish seconds off of him right on his back door, you know, crossing the finish line at, after a two-hour race. And, you know, the time that we put on third place and uh, the battle, the heat, the day, the, the track was, in my opinion, the roughest one we ever had because usually we run this huge uh, field section. And you can kind of let your kind of let your arms hang out, let your tongue hang out, kind of yeah. take a breather. Get drinking camelback, kind of just hang on the throttle. But this year, this past year, we didn't have that. It was all in the woods, the entire oh. thing. And there was no break, no stop. So for me, getting second place that day, that was the happiest I've ever been getting second. I was so proud. <laughs> so because you know, Florida is tough. It's so tough. But uh God, that beard. After you know, you you rock a good beard, but after that one. I, I shaved the beard off. I, I had to go. The way I won the first races. <laughs> <laughs> I won the first race back, um, which is another thing. You know, after all this, the injury, the recovery, I won my very first race back, which was, you know, I, I didn't expect that. You know, mm-hmm. I never yeah. rode with, you know, anyone in my class. I didn't know where I was physically, where my speed was. You know, <laughs> my Uncle Mike still jokes to me today. He's like, man, you came in from riding. You're like, do I look fast? <laughs> He's like, shit like i don't, I don't know like, <laughs> it looks pretty quick to me i had no idea where i was oh, man. you know and for me to come out and win the very first race back um man it's just it's cool very yeah. cool looking back and like we were saying before the podcast started um you know i was at iron man and i was thinking back our schedule is such a long schedule of how long we race how long we got to stay in shape how long we got to ride it's like i was looking back in february i'm like I did that. Like we went through these motions, that race, like it seems like a lifetime ago, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's a long year. That's, that's wild, man. Yeah. The, the GNCC schedule is a, is a wild thing, but, um, so, so what, what all changed and I don't know how else to, to ask that. I mean, I know we went over a lot of this, but was it really just the change in mindset? Because, you know, I realized like, you've given Walker a run for his, for his, you know, money for a number of seasons. Now you were there for all seven of his titles, but like the part that is so, so gnarly to me is it takes such a gnarly competitor to be like, man, I have this legend exactly where I want him this time. You know what I mean? Like that's the part that is crazy to me when you race a guy who wins all those titles and you know, to, it takes the it takes the top level top tier competitor to be like man this is my year you know like yeah. that that's fascinating to me yeah 
I'd say the hardest part of it all, you know, I've since 2019, I've, I've had the speed. Yeah. And, but I've always been the guy where I dropped two or three races out of the year, you know, out of 13 races, you know, just like AT motocross, every race counts, you get no drops. So I've always had two or three gremlins throughout the year where, you know, yeah, he's fast and yeah, his lap time on the last lap was this and he was this fast, but I'm always coming from the behind and I've always had two or three gremlins. That's always kind of been DNFs. It's, that's fought me, held me back, you know, 2020, I got that confidence like, Hey, I can win races last year. I knew I was the fastest on the track, but I wasn't the smartest, but, uh, you know, like sitting out and, uh, growing up is a big thing, you know, and I felt like between last year to this year, I grew up a lot and, um, I took the speed and wisdom and tried to, you know, put them in tandem together you know because you can be bad fast you can ride the wheels off and take chances but you know my dad me we call it the danger zone and uh when you flirt with it too much you're going to get bit and uh, last year i i didn't give i didn't give a damn i was going to ride that bike for all it was worth and it was wreckers or checkers you know (laughs) like i I did i did not care i was just like pin the throttle whatever it takes we're going like it, uh-huh. i don't care and um i would make mistakes I'd, I'd have little silly things happen and this year is just part of growing up you know just realizing the entire puzzle beginning to end mixing the speed the consistency the work that it takes here in the shop trying to yep. chase perfection you know it's a combination of a lot of things and uh um i just feel like a really you know everything came to a head this year, you know, at the right time for me and um, just was able to put it all together and um, make it happen. And for my first year, you know, really going into a championship chase, you know, I've never been deep into the, to the pressure of the battle of going late into the season and being at position of being in a fight for a championship. And um, in my book, we, we, we pass with, with, you know, flying colors. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed clients' expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. 
What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Bricks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Brakes are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheel racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Restrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP Brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook and if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP Brakes and have a great year everyone. Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to factory43atv.com today. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. Whenever that DNF and snowshoe... Walker had a DNF at Penton, and uh, I think his worst race all year was the second place. That's the worst he finished all year. I had two third places at two mud races that um, I gave up 18 points to him. He won both those days. And then I had the DNF at uh, Snowshoe, so he won the mud race back at Beckley. So um, things actually got tight. I was only seven points up going into Baroque. And that's my pretty well my hometown race in Athens, Ohio. Yep. It's my closest one I got. And uh, yep. At that point, it was like, it was do or die. You know, if you're for real and this is what you're going to do, if you're going to win this championship, this is the line. You know, you, you cannot lose your hometown race. You cannot let him win three in a row. You can't let him beat you here at your hometown track. And, uh, you know, when the pressure is on, 
Um, everything had built to its highest climax, and uh, you had to show out. You had to perform. We snagged a win at Burr Oak. We got that win, and then Buckwheat, you know, that was the one that really put the icing on the cake. And uh, when the chips were down, we we came through and we pulled it off. And that's my most proudest moment of the entire year is that, you know, when the pressure was the highest, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get back those races at Snowshoe. He can't get back to the broker's chain, all that. But when the chips were down, everything was on the line. We stepped up and we was able to um, step to the plate and, 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 and get it done. So mm-hmm. that's that's for sure, you know, the most proudest of all of everything I, I was because mm-hmm. Iron Man, I was <laughs> I was a nervous wreck. You oh, know, I'm sure. I wasn't nervous where I wasn't riding, but I just I wasn't riding at all hard. I was just out there just <laughs> doing my thing. I was in third place, and I was just like, "Hey, I'm cool. <laughs> like, I there, this is what's required of me, and uh, I'm doing exactly what I need to do. And uh, I hate that, you know." looking back the points technically they tied and it ended in a tie because of a of a unfortunate penalty um in a certain a situation that's you know not normal but uh i'm just so proud to 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 pull it off and to get it done for mm-hmm. sure yeah for sure so he's obviously one of the greats right like he's going to go down as one of the greats there's no doubt about that along with borich and and balance and and hawk as we mentioned now your name is on that prestigious list and you look to to add more titles to your name um but the thing is is like you probably wouldn't change it and what i mean by that is you wouldn't like not have walker there and have a few more titles or, or Mm -hmm. however that would play out. That's not how you would play this because getting, you know, getting past Walker for a title is what made it so special. Same way for him. I'm sure is having competitors like you having a dude that pushed him as hard as you have for a number of years now is what made those titles special for him. You know, like that's how that goes. And, and that's such a thing. Uh, I don't want to let that comment go though, without touching on it though, because we got a couple questions about this DQ thing and I'm not a GNCC guy as, yeah. as you know. So, so what's the scoop on that? Because was it, was there a DQ and then like it, it was overturned or, or what was the scoop with that? Yeah. Uh, it was a one position penalty. And um, at any of our pit or any of our races that we have, we have a pro row, like a, a rep will turn like a, you know, you yeah. either go, clockwise or counterclockwise into it a nine degree right go to the end another nine degree right back into the woods but iron man um is the only race of the year where the way the tracks laid out where it's kind of in a tight position mm-hmm. with the parking yep. they had a split line so you came out of the woods and it's just a straight shot down the gravel if you stay to the left you just went straight into the woods and separating the pits was a straight line of of the white fencing that they usually have is the barrier. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a little, you know, merging lane to the right where you just stayed wide open and just went, kept on going straight. You didn't have to turn right and, and go down to the pits, making extra turns. You literally just went straight. It was just which side of the flag poles you was on. So where I'm pitted at, I'm the very last spot on pro row. Um, Walker's at the very beginning. I'm at the very end. So I actually, where my pit was, was, after the white um, fence had ended. So right where kind of like it merges back together and goes into the woods. Mm-hmm. I pitted the lap before um, for the gas. And what my dad was doing was he was, he wanted to pit me the very next lap because we calculated the fuel mileage and we knew we wasn't, we was going to have to make a quick, you know, splash for gas. 
mm-hmm. because the number one thing we was worried about going to Ironman is that how dry it was leading into the race was that we're going to have to stop and change an air filter. Maybe that might be the only thing that's outside the box because man, there's silk worms, mm-hmm. super dusty, super dusty. So okay. he didn't want us to come into the pits on the last lap, have to fuel the bike up and change the filter. Sure. So he pitted me back to back pits, but I didn't know that. And Nobody had gave me a pit board, so I'm coming screaming down pro row, and it's, you know, he's at the very, very end past the flagpole. So I literally pull right at the end of the flagpole, um, right in the middle of the track between pro pro rows right here and the racetracks on the left. I'm in the middle separating the two. And uh, he gives me just a, you know, quick half gallon, gallon, whatever it is, splash of gas, and I take off. And, um, you know, I don't, even to this day, I don't even know exactly what word for word what I was penalized for because in the rule book, no matter what I could look up or, you know, what Casey was looking up or my dad was looking up anybody in the pits, there was nothing in writing because this is a one-off race where it's the only race of the year that there's a split line in, mm-hmm. in, in our pitting. Right. And there was no writers meeting um, beforehand. There was no rules. There was no, you know, anything said that you have to turn to go to the right and stay on the right side to take gas for most other people on, on up and down pro row, you know, they would have had to just do another lap and come in the next lap and get gas because they would have had to backtrack and do a U-turn. Well, fortunately for me, I was already past that at the end. So I just parked right in the middle, took gas and, you know, we was penalized, I guess, for pitting outside of our pit box. And, I, I couldn't find anything in the exact rules that's like said a, a certain amount of footage where, you know, this is the only race of the year. This is like this. So, you know, and, and the biggest thing that I hang on to is that I did not gain no advantage. I gained no time advantage. I gained no position on the track. Me doing what I did gained me nothing. You know, it was the same result whether I went to the right or I, or I did what I did and I put the middle. It was the same result. So at the end of it, you know, um, you know they, they protested us. We just penalized one position. And what that did was I finished off the podium in a fourth place, which resulted Walker and me into a tie. And I won the tiebreaker because I had more wins. So, sure. and, and, but <laughs> my dad, um, you know, told the guys out in the woods not to tell me on the pit board, you know, don't tell him, don't tell him. And mm-hmm. I came across the finish line. I had my bike revved up. I was celebrating and I'm like, look around and everyone's like tight. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> what's going on? Like, Hey, like, yeah, you know, for sure. We did it. We won this. I did what I needed to do. I finished third. And, uh, Justin Fowler pulled me to the side and told me what was going on and what had happened. And um, I was like, you know, did we get it? Did we get it? And then we got the confirmation, the thumbs up that, hey, we did it. So at that point, I didn't, you know, we got the job done. It, it mm-hmm. Yes, we was penalized. It was unfortunate because it was a one-off race that happened. But at the end of the day, we still got it done. We still won the championship. You can't take away any of the hard work that we did that year. The eight wins, you know, we did win it. And uh I know for sure that if the foot, if the, if the shoe was on the other foot and it was my first championship, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have proved of, you know, my dad or my pit penalizing him 
to try to win my championship for that because, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't gain no time advantage, but what happened happened and uh, we still got it done and, uh, you know, on the next year. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, you know, nobody, nobody remembers what the, what the points were right? Like, um, yeah. you guys on the inside, I, I understand. Right. I, and I understand, I would, I'm sure I would feel the same way if things went the way that they did, because in, in your mind, they shouldn't have went that way. Like it, it, like you gain no advantage. And honestly, uh, you wouldn't do some, when you come into the, to the finale with a little points gap, you're not going to do something to jeopardize that at the finale. Like there's, there's just, you yeah. wouldn't, um, especially yeah. when you're not gaining some sizable advantage, but, uh, long story short, Nobody remembers how the points break down and, and all that stuff. I mean, you won eight races, you know, you, you won the title. Um, I, I'm glad that I wasn't seeing anywhere that, you know, anything about this drama yeah. and that you guys tied and all these things. I mean, you're the, you're the national champ and there's no, uh, two ways about that. And, and speaking of that, one of the other cool aspects of your program is your team won both the, the ATV and the two wheeled xc1 title right I, I heard that on the weed show with jason wygant there on on youtube from the yamaha event last weekend and uh that that has never happened before right so how cool is that that's got to be a, a another cool thing to be a part of it was you know jordan ashburn you know he had one heck of a year you know uh, he him getting the job done on the dirt bike and xc1 class and you know the mastermind behind it all chris landers you know the magnum motorsports team you know uh he took a chance on me. He he didn't know how I was going to do this year, and we've always been friends. And uh, you know, Drew Landers and me, we stayed in, in Florida and we trained together. And uh, that's his son. You know, Chris Landers is uh, mm-hmm. Drew's dad, and uh, Chase Landers who races the dirt bike. Um, so, but Chris put to, together this entire and put together this entire deal. And the way that Chris went about this, you know, he is a very articulate and perfectionist type of guy, and. Um, the outlook, the way the team social media is ran, the look, the people around, the tents, the posters, you know, Chris knocked it out of the park. And, uh, you know, it was the first time in history in GNCC that a um, one motorsports team had both the ATV and dirt bike XC1 winners in the premier class. So that is just history in itself and to be a part of it. With a great friend like Chris, who we've known each other for so long, and uh, <laughs> you know, it wasn't long ago; it was only five short years that you know we was just sitting on the back of a tailgate, just like, man, wouldn't this be cool if we could do this one day? And just imagine, you know, us still racing and getting to that level and getting to that point, and mm-hmm. you know, for Chris to pull off his dream and have a team, and Jordan his dream, and of course mine. You know, three things coming into one. It's it was amazing. Yeah, that's uh, that's a truly, truly special thing. I needed to hit on that with you for sure. So um, as we sit here, pal, it's mid-December. Uh, like we said, we're only two months away from the GNCC season opener for 2023. So I know you're working in the shop. I know you're you're getting ready for the, the season that way. I'm sure it's kind of full press mode right now with that. Uh, but tell me about like, do you really not do any, like really any riding then going into into the opener or do you do a little riding around there even though it's cold and it's winter or or what's the scoop with that well um i do have a place i can go ride and um it's it's a it's a sand and gravel pit and it's got heat you know for it kind of got out of hand some people kind of 
came in, the word of mouth kind of spread, and I I was kind of known as the butthole guy that was telling everyone like, hey, <laughs> it's going to get shut down. Like we're, yeah. we're going to get kicked out and, you know, it's leaving trash and people bringing in campers and staying all weekend. And sure. they ended up, they dug huge ditches like on either of the, the entrances. So you can't even drive into there or get into it no more. So okay. I actually still, you know, I park at a friend's house and um, I'm able, I got to ride my bike like a mile down the road. <laughs> but I'm able to go ride sand, you know, and be able mm -hmm. to train. And um, typically what I do is I pick out, you know, what are the warmest days of the week? You know, if it's, I try ideally to shy at 40, you know, as I'm, I'm layered up and I got uh, some snowmobile hand guards. So yep. as long as my hands are yep. not yep. cold, you know, wind, water resistant. I rode out there in the snow coming down, you know, I'm layered up and, and it's great. You know what I mean? The the track is so brutal. It's so rough. Sounds like a blast to me. Oh man. Like it, especially to have something um, that close to home in, in Ohio, it's the only thing that, that allows me to stay home and do what I do. You know, mm -hmm. if I was have to ride in the mud or ride dirt, my goodness, I, I really, you know, I really would be behind the eight ball then, but because I'm not able to ride sand and have a rough track and, and even though it's it's real cold and uh you know winter it, it fluctuates sometimes it's freezing you know it's 30 for for a week straight or it's going to be a week and a half i'll go down to like gtr or go down to south carolina somewhere else and you know take a long weekend and go down there and ride so i try to like just i plan the week ahead based upon the weather mm -hmm. so i always get to get in riding time each week but it's definitely not five days a week for sure. It's right. usually, you know, at least two. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I would you assume, know. I mean, with the load that, you know, riding an endurance race like that is like, you wouldn't want to ride every day anyway, right? Like you might want to, but that wouldn't be the smart thing to do anyway. I would, I would assume, I would assume. But, well, it's, it's, you get into, it's hard on equipment, you know, whenever you get into riding okay. every day. Yep. And you know how we race for two hours, you know, you're not going out there and riding for two hours every time you ride, but yep. you know, a lot of people, whatever they do, two thirties or an hour straight or whatever it may be, you know, if you're riding five days a week, you are beating the heck out of your bike. And, uh, then you're in a position where, you know, the quads, you know, we are so complicated and so hard with all of our bearings and, and extra arms. And it's so hard sometimes to, um, balance between riding and working in the shop. That's my biggest, hardest thing is that, yeah. you know, doing all my own work, it's like, uh, you know, I got so many fires. I got you know, all these girlfriends looking at me in the shop. They all need love. And you <laughs> right. know, which one yeah. do I work on today? Which one do I take care of? And, and uh, it's, it's, I can never, ever have them all ready at the same time. Oh, no. Oh, my God. No, no. <laughs> inevitably, inevitably, some turn into parts machines, right? Like, that's just how yep. it goes. I know how that goes. Yep. So that was, and I'm so glad you touched on that because that was my very next question. That's been what's been on my mind is how do you guys actually uh, constructively practice for a race so long? I'm like, there's no way yeah. that you're going out there and riding for multiple hours 
you know, multiple days a week and stuff like that. Like that was a question of mine. And obviously for that exact reason was the, the bike maintenance. Like you, there's yeah. no way anybody in their right mind can go spin that many laps, do that much time on a quad and have it not fall apart. I mean, that's just how it goes. And even me, uh, in recent years, even racing some of the, you know, the vet classes and pro-am and pro sport and stuff, uh, after I stepped down from the pro class, you know, doing all my own stuff, you're exactly right. I'm like, man, like I really want to ride today, but at the same time, I know this stuff's got to get done. I got to put this yep. engine in, or I got to swap these, you know, shocks and, and engines and whatever yep. to get ready for the race this weekend. I mean, it's one of those things where you're, you're balancing and honestly, and I've said this to other racers too, on the motocross side. And I was going to say this to you earlier, as you talked about your program and doing so much of it hands-on yourself, I truly think that there's no substitute for taking that ownership of your program. I mean, having that ownership over it, pushing the buttons, yeah. being the one, you know, uh, spinning the wrenches and, and knowing that those bolts are tight, all those things. Like, I feel like that's as invaluable as anything. I mean, to take that yeah. ownership, to know yes. that man, this is, this is my deal. Like I'm the one, you know, I'm, I'm one of the dudes, you know, you and your dad. So I, so it's you doing this whole thing. Like, I feel yeah. like that is such a giant part of it, but yes, like, I'm so glad you touched on that because, uh, because I was thinking, I'm like, I don't know how they practice and keep these things together and, and all that. So, so then how does your, and we got a number of questions about, uh, your like gym routine basically. Mm -hmm. So, so, I mean, how do you simulate because like for us, when, when I was on some of the training programs and stuff, um, and now I've kind of went rogue and done my own thing, but you know, you're kind of trying to mimic a moto, right? You're trying to get your heart rate to a certain, you know, area and mimic a moto. So how do you simulate in the gym or whatever? How do you simulate, uh, you know, a two hour race or, or whatever? How do you do that? Uh, it's hard. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever I met Ben, um, he's really kind of got me into more leg days. I've always kind of been uh, chicken legs, but Ben <laughs> has really been able to get me in here consistently and uh, get the volume up, get the numbers. And uh, I mean, after the surgery, I'm squatting more, lifting more than I've ever been in my life. So um, you ain't got to go in the gym and lift weights like me and, uh, you know, squat, squat 365 or do anything crazy like that. But I just like it. Um, I I will always work out no matter what. Even if I do, if I quit racing, working out is like a lifestyle to me. I love the way I make it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. I love to just be able to take off on a run and just be able to like cruise and you know take my puppy dog sometimes and just mm -hmm. the feelings you get after working out and uh, yeah you know it's my my favorite thing to do. You know it's it's like a hobby and mm -hmm. um, to I be able to mix that with racing is like it's easy it's easy for me it's effortless because it comes so naturally so you know i'm one of those guys where i'm always like i'm always shifting you know i don't stay on one thing forever like i kind of just keep it fresh you know sometimes i'll run sometimes i'll bicycle sometimes i'll row so, you know i keep you know bouncing around when things get stagnant or old i just like kind of go off into a new challenge and try to keep it fresh like that because like I said, our hardest thing is how long the year is and to try to stay in shape and stay working and riding for you know, as long as the season is, it's got to have some fun too. You got to keep it light a little bit and you got to, you know, not be so repetitive over and over. 
Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group. Until now. When it comes to the sport's history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you need not worry about harming your engine or suffering a premature end to your ride no matter what the conditions. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, and other power sports equipment, when conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track or trail. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout to save at evanscoolant.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. Yeah, like I knew you were a fit guy. I knew that you were into into the training thing, so uh, that was going to be an interesting answer to me, and I'm the same way. Like, uh, you know, I just enjoy training. I enjoy working out. I enjoy going on runs. That's my me time. You know what I mean? Like, that's my time to to yeah. just kind of be in my own thoughts for a little while. Um, so, so I like that answer for sure. So as we sit here now, it feels like the, the 2022 season just got over. feels like it just ended, uh, for you guys. Um, so how are you feeling now? I would assume that, uh, there's some excitement that comes along with being two months away from the opener. Also a lot of work probably between now and then I would think too. Um, but now everything changes a little bit Then you know, a year ago at this time, you hadn't had a title yet. And you were trying to, you know, beat this, get past this injury and get back to normal, not knowing where you stood with your speed and everything like that. Do I look fast kind of thing? Uh, now though, everything is totally different because I'm sure, I'm sure like the different emotions come with defending a title and maybe the way that the season ended and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, penalty and all these things, maybe that gives you some fuel, maybe that it's like, okay, 
you know, that that's a little chip on my shoulder that stays there. Um, but at the, but all in all, I would assume like different feelings coming into the season. Now that you have to defend a title and, and kind of retain it as your own, I would assume that there's a whole new excitement and motivation that comes with that. Man, you know, I ain't going to lie. Usually I get to the end of the year and, uh, I'm like, I don't want to look at a fooler. <laughs> like I'm done. Like it's such a long year how we've been talking all, all evening, but Hey, Hey, when you, when you win eight races though, you don't want that season to end. I'm sure. <laughs> You know, that's that's honestly how I felt this year. You know, as soon as it ended, I was like, well, what do we do now? Now what? Just, yeah. Yeah. It, but I didn't have the feeling this year that, like, yes, it's so much work. It's, it's a lot, you know, blah, 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 but I didn't want to quit, you know, and I didn't feel that burnt out feeling. And uh, you got to love what you do. You know, um, I heard Tomac talk about that this past Thursday that, you know, He's still in love with riding. And that is so cool to hear because, you know, you can take things for granted. You know, something is as great as riding, you know, as fun as that. And, and as fun as that, as you got to enjoy it. And uh, right now, at this point, I, you know, I, I rode uh, Sunday and this past Monday uh, for the, I think, yeah, I got, yeah, put down those two days and uh, just had so much fun, you know, just getting back on the bike, riding. I missed it. And, uh, just dude I, I don't know how to explain it but it's like i keep falling more and more in love with it and i didn't know i could if that makes any sense like i thought that my love was an all-time high and at this point it's not even really about the the championship it's just like this world you know being so deep into the racing community and the world and going and meeting different people and uh kind of hearing the things that make them them tick and in their perspective you know i just it's addicting. This is the most addicting thing in the world. And uh, I'm kind of just letting it take me and, uh, I'm just riding it. So <laughs> what a, what an awesome thing to be addicted to, man. There's uh there's a lot of people right now listening to this that feel the exact same way you do. So, uh, any, are there any major changes to the program for, for 2023 or is it pretty much just, uh, re-racking the same, same stuff, same support system in, in that whole deal? What, uh, what can you tell us about that? Uh, we're clearing up one big, um, one big detail that's going to be huge for the program, and uh, that's you know alludes to the color of the bike. Uh, hopefully, get that done. But other than that, you know, all the main sponsors, everything, you know, CSD tires, DABT wheels, Elko shocks, you know, the core of everything. Everything's been pretty well the same. Um, I am testing one more thing that is a very big thing that I w- I, I wish. It was already done, but uh, it's going to be the, the the surprise. It's coming here soon. I'm going to announce it. What's what I really got cooking, and I'm so happy to share this with people. And I can't wait to uh, you know bring this to light. I've met you know a really good, great group of guys, and uh, man, we've had we've already built a really good relationship. And uh, I can't wait to share you know what i've been working on and what i'm doing and that's going to come very soon but the way the contracts and things are going right now is that i just can't let it out the bag just yet until the new year yeah awesome man well uh well yeah we're going to be anxious to hear that and hear some more details on that but uh uh kind of in that realm like i've always you know i was always pulled for you 
from afar, you know, because we not, not to mention like you're an awesome dude, but also, you know, the, the CST Elka impact, now the Yamaha connection that, that we both share between us. Uh, mm-hmm. so we obviously sure do love seeing, uh, seeing all your right. success here from, from my vantage point at digging deep and, uh, truly feels like, man, like this could be just the start of, you know, a, a really special run to enjoy it as much as you still are to have, mm-hmm. you know, the backing that you do the family support, all those things, man, it just feels like you're right in that sweet spot right now. Like you said, you feel like you're in your prime and man, I I hope, I truly hope that we're, you know, sitting here a handful of years from now, hopefully, you know, talking, talking GNCC stuff right here on digging deep. And and maybe you got a a few more titles to your name. I hope that that's something that, that actually does happen. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does talking to you right now. I mean, uh, you're just, man, it seems like you're in a great place. It really does. I really appreciate the kind words, man. And that, you know, especially us sharing CST, Elka, and Yamaha Connection, all that, you know, it, it is a tight little knit group family. You know, Casey Greek, you know, I know you know him very well. That's that's my dude. If you like Casey and Casey likes you, I like you as well. You know, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, it's simple like that. And um, I really appreciate those words. And, you know, I got to get to work and see if I can get that done so we can have that conversation one day. You know, hopefully if everything goes goes cool, but, you know, we got to get to work. And, and I know there's a lot of people, you know, who don't want to, who want to work the work their butt off and, and take me off the top and uh, knock me down. And, uh, you know, the target's on my back now. It's a new position, and uh, I'm, I'm ready for it. I kind of like the feeling on it. And uh, you know, I just want to say one more – like I want to say something that I've been thinking about that I was talking to Joel this past Thursday is that I don't think a lot of the MX guys really know how much I watch you guys. Um, whenever, like, say, like we're this wintertime and stuff, I watch all of your guys' – episodes every single atv episode that comes out all the highlight films the songs the tracks i love <laughs> like the scene your guys's tracks your bike setups what you guys use like uh, that's three palms place i know they're not going back there next year but that's one track that i really love to watch you know that track looks really cool and yeah. uh, uh i watch you guys way more than what you would ever expect and uh I'm, I'm a fan as well you know i'm clued into everything everyone's doing and uh it's we really are one big racing world. It might not seem like I am, but you know, I, I told Joel the other night, and he's like, "Man, that's cool." He's like, "I, I watch these stuff too." <laughs> we just kind of going back and forth about like what tracks he likes to go to, what I think's cool, and it's just, yeah. oh, man, it's so cool to have a conversation with a guy who's gnarly as that, who you know sends the Godzilla at, at Iron Man, something that you know I'm looking at that jump at the base of it, I'm like. Oh God! Like, like, like that's a, that's a, that's a big one. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I would do that. <laughs> yeah, man. If I was just riding around all day and I'd speed check him, I don't even know if I'd want to do that. Shoot, like. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, do you have like, have you done any motocross racing? Is there no MX background for you at all? Like, how does what's the story with that? The only thing that I've done that's been close is the PDV race, the Pont de Vue 12 hour oh, yeah. in France. Yep. And um, Joel's done that, you know, um, Weenan's done that. Um, uh, Jeffrey Restraley, I believe. Yep. Um, there's been a lot of MX guys. You know, I got to go over with Bo Barron and uh, Jared McClure. Cole Richardson came over on the team. I did that 2016 through 19, and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And then last year I was hurt. And then this year I had the opportunity to go back, but I, I skipped out so I could stay home and kind of 
try to make sure I got my, my program the way, but the bikes over there are MX width. You know, it's a four minute track. It's kind of got some motocross jumps, but, um, but it's, it's really motocross fast, bikes, right? But, but like endurance. Yeah. Yes. Like, uh, the eight, the, the motor, or they got two huge straight stretches and you get up to 85 miles mm -hmm. an hour on them. And, yeah. um, I wore my Garmin watch the one year and I think my average moving speed was 37 or 42 miles an hour. Like oh, that was my shit. average moving speed. So it's like a four minute lap. And, um, the one year I did five hours or six hours, five or six hours the one year. So I raced half the time and on a four minute lap, you get to know that thing pretty damn good. <laughs> You're sure. doing a night, but doing the, the bike with the small tires and the, and the wideness, like, mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like I was having so much fun in these corners. No matter what I did, I couldn't get that thing to two wheel. I was, I was just like almost scared. Like the very first two years I went over there, like keep in mind, I never do anything that fast, especially the MX width. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know what I was capable of, like how to turn the bike, how fast I could go. But when I really started to figure it out, you know, I was really kind of getting it down there. The more laps you spend by the end of it. Oh my God, you can rail those bikes. Like the, the power coming out of the corners with the small tires, I, it's, it's fun. And uh, I jumped a couple of the jumps. They're not big, but it was a cool experience for sure. Just feeling yeah. a little bit of what it's like. There you go. Yeah. I always thought of that race as kind of like a, like a TT almost just cause it's so fast, yeah. except I, except I know that there's like some big, you know, kind of floater jumps or however you want to call it. Cause you're going yeah. so fast. Right. But, um, but yeah, I was, I always thought that that race looked like a blast. You know, I come from TT background before going motocross racing. So, um, so I always thought like that would be perfect for me, right? Like we're on motocross tires, but it's fast and pretty hard packed and whatever. Like I thought that that would be, that that would be mint, but, uh, but yeah, that sounds like a, sounds like a blast to me, but yeah, that was one of my last questions here was, uh, was if you had any kind of motocross background at all or crossed over, or, you know, cause there's plenty of guys, like when I was living in Florida, uh, tons of guys, right. You know, would come and, yep. and ride, you know, Orlando MX or, or whatever, come and yep. ride the motocross tracks. And uh, so, yeah, that was going to be one of my questions is if you did any any motor riding at all i'll put it this way motocross is like my favorite thing to train like if i can ride moto it is okay. i would do that hands over fists instead of woods you know it's so, so much more fun because one i never get to do it but mm -hmm. southern ohio where i'm at you know i'm right on the border of west virginia right on the river and uh, almost touched kentucky really our closest track that we have is fast tracks and norm stopped having open practice he used to have open practice on wednesdays and i could go up there he'd have the tracks prepped and he didn't have no time limit you know he you didn't want to go out for 15 minutes they throw the flag and you'd be mm -hmm. over i could go out there for as long as you wanted you know <laughs> you could go out there and, and, and ride for an hour if you really wanted to and that was so cool you know to be able to do that but yeah. When that pack went out and I wasn't able to have the open practice there no more, there's really nowhere in my area. My closest place I could go would be Huffman Hills MX. And that's like an hour and 40 minutes. Okay. So I haven't made the trek up there to do it, but it's on my radar. I want to go ride there because I love riding moto so much. It's so much fun. And, uh, it's, it's my favorite thing to cross train on because one, I don't get to do it, but two, it's just, something so different and so much fun just getting out there flowing hitting jumps yeah, and, yeah now, having fun now you're talking my language pal <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I tell you what if i ever make it out your way we're gonna you're close to sunset ridge right 
I, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm four hours north of there. Um, What's your closest track to, to say? Sunset. Sun, sunset. Sunset. Sunset's closest. We don't have Redbud anymore, but Redbud is uh is about the same distance as um yeah. as Sunset is. Um, and then Ironman, you know, I consider, I consider that to be a, a close race for us too. Cause that's like five, five and a half hours ish. So where you're at, like you're pretty centrally located. Um, I am not centrally located up here in Wisconsin. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of stuff that's far, but, uh, but thankfully like the Midwest tracks are, are awesome. You know, sunset is amazing. Again, we, we lost red, but hopefully that's a, a short thing, not a long-term thing. Um, yep. But, uh, so, so obviously Red Bud's amazing. I like Iron Man. So yeah, we have a lot of good tracks here. Uh, just like you're talking about like having to drive an hour and 40 minutes. You wish go... you had, that almost. <laughs> I wish I, your... I, I wish I had a practice track that was an hour and 40 minutes away. Like, like you're talking uh-huh. about, like, I gotta go, I gotta go two hours to ride a, a decent, you know, a decent yeah. private track. So, uh, so yeah, it's not like it used to be, it used to be, it used to be that I'd have five or six tracks. Uh, you know, within an hour of, of here. And uh, it's just not, uh, not like it, like it, uh, like it used to be or whatever. But uh, man, as we finish up here, uh, this has been awesome, by the way, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I hope that this is the first of many times doing this with you, pal. This has been so much fun. Um, but we talked about your gradual buildup and, and, you know, how that helped lead you to the success that you're experiencing now. So inevitably we have everybody and their brother in ATV racing. I've said this before, but I think that, you know, our numbers show that anybody that's, you know, semi interested in ATV riding and racing listens to our podcast. So there's kids right now listening, uh, that look up to you and want to be you someday want to do exactly what you've done. So do you have any words of advice for those young racers out there? Do you have any, uh, kind of, kind of closing thoughts as we kind of finish up here for, for our listeners? Yeah, you know, um, I'd say it, it probably goes hand in hand with what we talked about earlier, you know, is that your biggest thing you want to do right now, guys, is just have fun, you know. Go have fun with your friends. You get, enjoy being at the races. You know, live the moment as much as you can. Ride hard, you know. Tell your parents you love them and uh, just, just keep it light, you know. Um, like I said, everyone doesn't reach the same destination or progresses quickly, but uh, you keep working at something over a long period of time. And you can make your goals, you can make them happen. So I would definitely say, you know, at the very first thing, you got to have fun. And uh, second is that if it don't come easy, don't don't get defeated. Keep trying. If you get look at me, you know, I've got knocked down a, a lot of times and you got to keep get back up and uh, keep fighting. So uh, it's uh, sometimes the long game. And uh, if you guys keep working hard and stay at it, stay committed, you know, you can get there and you can accomplish your goals. Yeah. Well, what, uh, what an awesome message to end this thing on pal. Like I said before, this has been so much fun. Congratulations, man, on, on your first XC one title. Congrats on uh, an amazing year and buddy. I cannot begin again to thank you enough for, for your time. This has been so much fun. I could sit and talk ATV riding and racing. Doesn't matter what kind it is all day, every day. So I appreciate this uh, so much and what a perfect way for us to kind of venture into the wood space a little bit. Uh, you've been an awesome, an awesome, a perfect guest. So I can't thank you enough for your time, pal. I appreciate it so much. Hey, Cody, thank you so much for thinking of me and uh, having a Woods Racer on and uh, all the Digging Deep uh, podcast family out there. You know, uh, 
hope you guys, you know, enjoyed having some Woods guy on. You know, I we love the MX guys just as much as we love Woods racing. So uh, as long as it's ATV or a motor, bring it on. So uh, we're all one big family at the end of the day. And uh, hopefully one day we get to talk again here or uh, here again next year. Yeah, there you go, pal. That goes both ways. We uh we love you guys just the same as well. It's all one big family. But I look forward to doing this again. Like you said, this has been so much fun. But until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, keep having a blast, and enjoy the holiday season, pal. You're the man. Hey, you too, man. Thank you. Thanks so much, buddy. That's 2022 GNCC XC1 ATV champion Bryson Neal right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Take care, pal. Thanks so much. Man, I was a fan of Bryson Neal's before, but it's on a whole new level now. What an awesome guy. Stoked to add a GNCC champ to our list of featured guests, a list that includes legends such as Weenan, Hetrick, Gust, Wimmer, Creamer, Denton, Bird, Natalie, Ellis, Hit. Walsh, Gibson, Creech, and many more. You can access our entire show archive on all of your favorite podcast providers or at diggingdeeppod.com. Major thanks to tonight's featured guest, Bryson Neal. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners. CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI decals, DID racing chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymar Financial Group, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Walsh Racecraft, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website, and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our entire show merchandise line is available at shop.com diggingdeepatvmx.com so check that out and if you're looking for another easy way to help support us visit our website and click the patreon or buy me a coffee buttons this allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts you can give us a call using our voicemail line give us your reaction to the show offer up a question or topic to talk about or anything you have on your mind we'd love to play your voice on the show and react to what you have to say the number is 920-569-3519 we want to hear from you so give us a call guys follow the show on social media digging deep atvmx podcast and myself cody jansen for additional content coverage and more fun stuff throughout the entirety of the off season you can find us on apple podcasts google podcasts amazon podcasts spotify stitcher and more wherever you find podcasts you'll find the digging deep atvmx podcast all episodes additional podcast providers sponsor links and discount codes show merchandise fantasy info and more can all be found on our website diggingdeepatvmx.com so check that out today be a friend tell a friend please download subscribe rate review and share and with that for bryson neal brooke jansen dallas jansen and i'm your host cody jansen thanks for listening to and making us the number one podcast in atv racing with nearly 190,000 downloads last month in 99 total countries until next time thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of atv motocross Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. 
those guys were hauling ass for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking gnarly. 